vixens, vixies, all those who are listening with us. Welcome to another episode of the Voluntary Vixens podcast. <laughs> I'm joined as usual by my co-host Jesse. Hi guys. I'm very happy you um so quickly escaped from bath bath time duties. <laughs> yes. I am too. You made it. And we are joined tonight by a fellow Marylander of mine. Uh a we've kind of been Twitter friends or acquaintances for a bit now and I figured, um, you know, I think with everything going on in the world that I think it's really important for us to remind ourselves and remind maybe other people in our lives that might not be so aware of the fact that there's there's vets out there that we can support and, you know, sending them to war all the time for stupid reasons and all over the all over the world. I mean, that's really not productive or safe or I mean, I guess it's American. It's a trashy Amer- American sense, but like, <laughs> yeah. it's not like classically awesome American of us. And so anyway, we are joined tonight by Scott Spaulding. He is a veteran and I actually <clears throat> don't know that much more about you. <laughs> and so like, that's part of the reason we're having you on and I um, want to talk to you and yeah, just yeah. Hi, how's it your insights. Yeah. So um, yeah, I... I'm a Marine veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan. I'm currently in the Air National Guard, finishing my last like two and a half years so I can retire and uh, trying to avoid going anywhere the best I can. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I got into the Twitter sphere around 2018 when I learned about Defend the Guard, which I'm sure we'll talk more about later. And then I, uh, you know, I, 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 I divorced myself from social media for a few years and then I managed to like talk myself into, um, you know, with, when I talked to my now wife, um, I was like, I'm going to get back on Twitter and it's just to try to get this bill moved. I think there's some people, some legislators that are active on Twitter. So I'm just going to try to like get their attention and that's all I'm going to use this for. And like, maybe maybe a week later i was like full-blown twitter addict like couldn't get off of it um and so that's where probably anyone out there that has bumped into me has bumped into me on there being a freaking you know a, a junior understudy to ace artist very nice and um yeah i think so defend the guard specifically that is probably where either I started seeing more of uh, your name come about and, or, you know, I know you specifically tagged me and stuff since we both happen to live in this awful state of Maryland. And so if you're still actively involved in the national guard, like the defend the guard movement and maybe like, could you explain that to, um, to our listeners? Yeah. What that yeah. is? So, um, yeah, I did tag you and everyone else when it got introduced in Maryland. Um, it, uh, the, but the, the broad strokes idea is this is a law it's introduced in about, um, I want to say it, it's in the low 40s of states now. It, you know, had limited success this legislative session so far. Um, as far as I know, it hasn't. Uh, but the idea is that because of the sort of unique, weird nature of the National Guard, where it has this, it's not, it's officially part of the military reserves, but it's also the state's militia. Um, there's the legislation around it is different and, it, and the group, people from, uh, the 10th amendment center and bring our troops home kind of collaborated and came up with this idea that I think that they think that they could sort of nullify 
to a certain extent are wars overseas and by um, passing a bill that says that states guards can't be sent to combat because the without a declaration of war so unless um, congress actually performs its official duty that it never it hasn't in our lifetimes to declare war um then it would deprive the department of defense of an asset they rely like assets they rely on pretty heavily like peak of the iraq war about half of the military there all, all told in all of the post 2009-11 wars about half of everyone that was deployed was national guard and a lot of like mobility assets a lot of their like transport aircraft um belong to the air guard and sending them into afghanistan would be um a no-go if they were to or let's say well let's say before we were out of afghanistan or if they tried now i suppose that would be a no-go because and so it would really put a hamstring around them about either congress has to declare war we have to have a which is not likely to happen um we'd either have to have that or a supreme court case that sort of clarifies whether the aumf really is constitutional or not which would be at least something people could focus on as an issue or you know and you know best case scenario the you know dod just decide it's not really worth it to press the issue and they stop sending uh guard units everywhere like uh for example um well this is uh, the other the, the thing about it too um is that it does ex it, it doesn't restrict training abroad which is a sort of gray area um that was mm -hmm. tested before constitutionally there were some states that tried to refuse um reagan's <laughs> ability to use uh the guard in um central america during the war like during sort of the um situation with the contras in nicaragua i believe mm -hmm. um and some some state governors tried to say no you can't send our guard there and the supreme court said yes you can as long as it's just training and they're not involved in combat hmm. but that leaves this big door open well what if they are involved in combat and they never really decide on that so we would get sort of an answer on that so the big idea is that that congress is not exactly a, well it's pretty much a lost cause <laughs> so um so but state legislate there you know congress is bought and paid for by the military industrial congress complex but um state legislatures really are more open to it and uh, aren't really involved in these sort of issues typically and so they're you know it presents an opening to try to get them to push it forward um whether and so we're kind of it's mostly it's an let's say educational campaign at the moment trying to get enough state legislators on board to pass it um, in Maryland, I think I have, the problem is it runs into partisan stuff. For example, in Maryland, um, you know, Maryland's extremely blue. So, <laughs> so when a Republican introduced it, it was more or less dead on arrival. Um, and uh, so I've been, for, for a while, I tried to pose, I don't know, my first year or so on Twitter and like being active in this, I was trying to pose as a Democrat. And I don't know if everyone just saw right through me, but I was like, I've got to get like a Democrat. There's got to be some peacenik Democrat I can get to uh, introduce this and carry it over. And that that didn't go anywhere. I don't know if they just saw right through it or what, but <laughs> that didn't work. Um, Come on, where are all the Bernie bro Marylanders that like should be on board with that sentiment and the anti-war <sighs> movement generally? I mean, I know they're, the anti-war left like died a long time yeah. ago and yeah. that's <laughs> depressing to all of us still, but 
there's there's some really disenfranchised people on the left that absolutely realize that (laughs) this is bonkers and so is uh you know doing whatever the military industrial complex wants as well yeah and the other thing too um well now uh is just people at least well there there the partisanship aspect goes into well wait a minute like what if my president wants to go to war in ukraine now like i can't be seen yeah. resisting you know they're they're, they're mm-hmm. very establishment oriented especially in maryland so yes so <laughs> the like wait a minute is this bill meant to be anti-biden and it's like well no like this was introduced i've been trying to get this in since three year, four years ago under trump like it's not about that like mm-hmm. bigger picture here than just like your partisan sp- point scoring but that's not how they see it so um yeah so that's that's defend the guard it's it's got real potential to have a real effect and it doesn't need to we don't need to i mean obviously we're still bombing in yemen right now well participating in yemen we're definitely still bombing in somalia um they definitely are still sending guard troops into syria relatively recently they still have guard troops mm. in syria um mm-hmm. So like it's relevant, but at the same time, in the bigger to to most people, we're not at a war right now. We, we're just thinking about one real hard. Um, and this is kind of to me the bet. Like some people are like, well, Afghanistan's over, so what does it matter? And it's just like, well, all the more reason to get it in now before the next one. You yeah, know what I mean? Right, right. Um, not to mention just like how long are we just going to keep guard troops babysitting oil fields in Syria just indefinitely? Like everyone's just forgotten that's going on, mm-hmm. uh, which is the truth of the matter but <clears throat> um so yeah that's that's my number one spiel and then my number one thing and then you know fighting it you know what what came up today public schools and twitter and whatever other crap comes up we need to work out, i was just saying we need to work out a schedule on this you know <laughs> we need to set aside months like this is the month we're going to battle over public schools this is the month for text my, my roads this is the month for uh, was Hiroshima, like what was Hiroshima and Nagasaki justified? Got to focus in these battles, like the abortion battle for one month. Yeah. Instead of just like free for all randomly, like what are we arguing about today, boys? And, and how do we react? Yeah, you're right. That's a very good point, too, because when we're so fully a reactionary movement to some degree, um, like I know a lot of people do like active work all the time, you know, the 10th Amendment Center, like you mentioned, and um, mm. probably other folks that you're more closely associated, like related to the Defend the Guard movement, especially here in Maryland, like where it really, really does relate to you. Mm. Um, you know, there are people who literally it is their job, it's their day to day activity. And I'm not saying like, that's what we all need to do. But when we are all constantly just like reacting to whatever crazy news is out there, we do need that you know, we do need to be that voice that is that, okay, well, you know, this crazy Democrat party and uh, the Philly, everybody affiliated with them is saying this. And then, you know, but if you're on the right and a Republican, you know, you're saying this, and then here's this like alternative option where there is sanity, there is reason, there is compassion. We're not just a bunch of, you know, evil, selfish assholes. Um, it's funny, like I had a, um, speaking of the disenfranchised, like super progressive leftists, especially here in Maryland, that are still ultimately so 
um establishment and they don't even realize it but so like I have an ex-coworker and it was funny because like she could tell that I wasn't just a go along get along democrat or republican and like I never told her I was like I'm an ANCAP but she basically told me that she was an ANCOM and she and I could get Mm. along at least in certain aspects of like you know, this is bananas. Um, <laughs> and like war's awful and, you know, don't trust the government. However, it, she was also definitely one of those people that, you know, and then told me about it and laughed and didn't realize that I wasn't laughing. Um, <laughs> when she, um, had the, you know, nice profile picture circle frame on Facebook that said, you know, I have a healthy disrespect for authority, but I'm vaccinated or I'm fully vaccinated. I'm like, ah, oh, man, you've got a ways to go. If uh, like, I'm, I'm, yeah. happy that, I'm happy that you're questioning um, the medical or the, <laughs> well, actually she did. What was kind of interesting too, is that like, she, she knew how I felt about masks and that it was all kind of mm-hmm. bullshit and it was all theater. And um I work in the like medical scientific legal field. And so that was completely like, that was probably actually what really like clued her into she's different. (laughs) Um, But so she kind of like, you know, knew enough to question that still got fully vaccinated, of course, and boosted and it all, all of them put her on her ass. Um, But thank God for the shots. Um, And, and then of course, like, you know, we parted ways with her. And so I don't know, you know, the latest, but she got sucked in immediately, just like everybody else about Ukraine. And just like, you know, it was full on, okay, narrative plugged in, Putin bad guy, we've got to help and support Ukraine with no context, no historic understanding of what's gone on there, um, what we've done there when we, you know, our mm. our government um, with other other people and bad actors um, have done there. Like, it's just, there's no understanding of what the hell happened there and why this is happening now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, it really, I think there are a lot of things that will twist people's brains, but war really does have this freaking powerful effect. Like, like as much as the COVID stuff, like, you know, it, 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 people, people just went along. So many people just like, lockstep you know took their programming but it, it was really something to see after all of this and that, that 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 it took a few weeks of like you know putin man bad and you know and 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 some uh propaganda you know everyone putting the little profile on their flag and whatever mm-hmm. flag in their profile and whatever for pe- for everyone to just leap into this group thinking and, and um and narrative busting it is hard because the facts on there, it's really hard to know what is actually happening there. And, and, but like, there's some simple things. I, I, one that I found pretty effective with that is just to be like, you know, it really says everything that we're spending tw- like 10 times as much arming them getting with, like for every train load where, and for every 700 billion, we've put however many hundred billion we put in, like you're worried about the people of Ukraine, right? That's what that's who you're worried about. How much are we spending getting them out? You know what I mean? Just like mm-hmm. as soon as you like put that like you and and you, it's it makes it's an easy one to like you know worry you know as far as the appearing compassionate part goes. It's like you, you know um, yeah that just 
for we're we're we're, we're tr- putting truckloads of weapons into a country <clears throat> and not bringing truckloads of people out and you're and you're for that that's that's that that's helping them that's a good idea that's not just the cia yeah. fighting to the last ukrainian you know that really people don't really have much to say when you say that it's like well i you know i i i I see what you're saying there. It's like, yeah, you do. You just have to process it a little bit and think that like there might be something more happening here. It does require some thought. And um, actually that reminds me that I didn't finish my tangent classic. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's not you. I literally. Oh, this let, is going to go I terribly because I, I, I go tangents <laughs> off camera. Um, so. Jesse, keep reel us in. But so <laughs> my, co- my, my ex-coworker there, I heard her at one point say that libertarians were basically like preschoolers or like toddlers in terms of our ideas and i'm just like man you have no you have no idea and you've never thought or probably heard of one of our arguments um you know who are you paying attention to what kind of vox.com article are you reading about us like it's just because yeah all you need to do is like pose a simple very logical uh, question to them and they would absolutely melt down and break down um, left or right, you know, d- however programmed the person is. But but I'm the idiot, right? Because <laughs> I'm asking well, questions. Um, not the pl- this isn't a plug, but uh, there's a there's a po- well, there's a podcast I listen to that like the guy says that he is a former libertarian. It's a history podcast and it is it's genuinely funny and I enjoy it. Um, but he'll he'll he can't help himself but try to get in i really don't buy that he really was all that far <laughs> in like mm-hmm. to being a libertarian so much just like you know he he he, he stopped on the way like when ron mm-hmm. paul was on the campaign or something and you know mm-hmm. um but he'll be he'll give these like ridiculous caricature versions of what a libertarian like believes that and and I know I have co I well a coworker of mine recommended it to me and it's the same thing it's like this is what you must picture me like I know I think we like and respect each other you know what I mean like <laughs> I'm pretty certain we do I like you know what I mean like you can't think I'm that caricature and like it, you know what I mean yeah. um mm-hmm. but 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 yeah it's like what's you, what's the podcast there must be more to this I want to uh, know well I. Uh, behind the bastards hmm no never heard of them sorry guys i think i i think i've heard that it's like yeah it could be entertaining like and it's good for like for let's say you know us types to like okay what really were all the horrible things including things that like maybe aren't of interest to me okay what were all the horrible things about kissinger including all of his affairs and everything else but also like oh yeah he was like incredibly uh, what were the things about kissinger like he was a huge (laughs) They're all they're very vulgar. So like, but they they um they were like he was a huge like kiss ass and like would just take he would just take barrels of like a verbal abuse as long as he thought it would keep him in like a position of being like whispering to power. You know what I mean? He would just Mm -hmm. like lavish praise on Nixon and and tell him anything that Mm -hmm. Nixon wanted to hear just so he could like stay in the position where Nixon would let him do whatever he wanted in Laos. You know what I mean? Um and it didn't matter how much Nixon called him Jew boy or this, that, or the other. Like <laughs> none of it mattered as long as he could keep, be close, to, uh, like right on the edge of power. And like so, hearing those like anecdotes and stuff, it, it it's it draws a a fuller picture of a lot of the people we would hate. You know, it's not a. Mm-hmm. Um, I love uh, uh, 
let's say um, another great one is Prof CGA's D- Dangerous History, which did like it must have been 30 hours thing on Wilson. It's like, okay, there's too much. <laughs> like it's not quite digestible <laughs> enough. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm re-listening for the second time because I think I dozed off too many times the first time. And I love it, but like, it's like, it's a little punchier. You know what I mean? There's a little bit more like scandal mixed in that makes yeah. uh, Behind the Bastards interesting. Mm-hmm. Not. <laughs> but yeah, getting that like, Okay, why? What are all the reasons I hate this person? I know, I know the big hits, but like, <laughs> well, that, does, that does sound interesting, and I like the concept. And um, yeah. so I can see where like we would definitely appreciate that, and I think like a broader audience would appreciate that too, mm-hmm. because who doesn't hate Kissinger? Except yeah. you know, I guess if he was, is he still alive? Like he total lizard. Like if he is, like come on. Oh, I'm sure he is. He's got. I think be he like, is. He's got to be alive. I wonder, what he's do- I wonder what he's doing now, too. Well, that's what I was just thinking, because I remember, like, him being Whispering sort of, in Biden's ear. Well, I, mm-hmm. well, Biden's not listening, but he's whispering <laughs> in somebody's ear. He's whispering in whoever's relevance ear um, yeah. at the moment, and crazily still alive. Yeah, it looks like he's still, he's still kicking. Jesus. That yeah, lizard born, blood. Yeah, born in uh, 1923. Mm. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm sure we'll get some we'll get some great tweets out when he uh, finally kicks the bucket. The worst, He's like the, the deadliest sure. pandemic didn't take him, you know. <laughs> right. Man, that <clears throat> did, that didn't work the way it should have. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably why we're hearing so much more about uh, Ukraine right now because the COVID narrative is a failure. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Honestly, that did seem like a very, very quick transition, didn't it? People are over really? it. Yeah. I mean, transition. people were basically, as soon as they were told they could, they could just take their mask off. They did, which tells you how much they really cared about dying of COVID. So you got to come to Baltimore County sometime. Oh yeah. Jesse lives. In there's Texas, still, there's, no yeah, there's still some people holding on. Oh there's yeah, still, for sure. I was um telling Scott before but, we started but largely no, I mean, yeah, you're largely like 90% of people yeah. are like, okay. Mask, I'm I'm done with this. It goes to show what Baltimore's like. <laughs> I still have a coworker that throughout this entire thing in his office, in the dead of winter, he would have both or, or all of his windows open with box fans blowing in them. And mm-hmm. then just be wearing jackets because he wanted the ventilation. That's probably smarter than wearing a mask. Actually. Oh, the mask too, but <laughs> oh, my God. oh Lord Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be helped. Can't yeah. be helped. Yeah, um, he, he's still going. I mean, dead of winter, like frigid in his office, and just dear God. Yeah. God help um, those people. Every time you walk in there, I would like have to remember to bring a jacket if I was going to be there for a, a parka, <laughs> gloves. Yeah. Entire winter, like, winter attire. How 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 do you go that far? Like you know, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. That's not. It's like that's a complete selling of yourself and your brain and any other function other than like the pure fear and primal instinct of mm. survival. But it's like not being able to accept at, at any other new that information. Turn off. Like how long have you been keeping this up? And I don't you know, know. Like been. Two and a half years. That Nobody's telling him office. he's crazy. Nobody's doing him the favor of telling him he's crazy. Don't it, put that on me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's not. I'm, I'm not telling you to do it because, <laughs> God, you know, I know people have to, to some degree, figure out things on their own or like come to their own 
um, conclusions and level of comfort and whatever. And I, I, <clears throat> that guy's far past helping. I just never knew people were that scared of getting sick. Like I didn't realize that that was such a humongous fear in a, such a large group of people in this country. Well, cause people I were just told they were going to die and they were going to pass out in the street dead. Like, you know, it would just come on quick and you'd die. And that was it. And, and even as like that clearly obviously became not the truth and, and it wasn't because we were all locked down. Like that's, that's not why we weren't dying in the street, passing out, like keeling over like corpses. Um, mm-hmm. That still was like plugged into most people's minds that like, whether they saw it um, in the actual, like, I think propagandistic videos coming out of China where that was like totally yeah. like a, pl- a ploy. Um, they either actually saw that footage or they, you know, took everybody else's reaction to have seeing that footage. And, you know, the main, the, not the mainstream media, the corporate press, um, whether they were actually kind of lying or where they were um, scared shitless too, like, people followed those voices that they trusted for every other other every other topic imaginable under the sun so if you know they were told to be scared of dying that's what they were scared of di- they were scared of dying it's still like i can't even believe some people still have that fear when it didn't play out like that yeah and again it wasn't because of the lockdowns it wasn't because of the masks it was because it wasn't that much of a threat guys yeah, I, I think mean, more people died of ventilators than actually died of COVID in the very beginning. Definitely in the beginning yeah. when that's I, all I they just, did. It's just people, I mean, I get that people have, people are really just terribly bad at risk calculation. Like that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Like people are scared to death <laughs> of flying, but think nothing of driving, you know, what I mean? yes. that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. the reality is that like driving is probably the most dangerous thing we do every day and the most likely thing to kill us like short up you know it like but nobody thinks twice about it but then like there's all these other really minor threats that people take unbelievably seriously we all do it but like it's all about just like the focus and it only just takes somebody putting your focus and attention on this thing to be afraid of and a little bit of reinforcement for a lot of people just to you could crank them up to 11 if they're already fearful it doesn't take much mm-hmm. it has me wondering too though like because you brought up china and that's cr- ludicrous videos from like the first weeks i remember yeah everyone remembers them but like how is anyone in china taking this seriously now like they're vaccinated like one of the things that was strange is like their whole <laughs> thing that they're upset about is the vaccination rate for the elderly is like much too low because the elderly are the ones that are like no we're not getting their <laughs> shot like Amazing. and what is that like what is that i i don't know the ins and outs I, ju- I just know little tidbits i know that like like the elderly are the least compliant with them for vaccines and and like and there's some non-compliance happening you know and they, they've got like shanghai completely locked down you know mm-hmm. um but like how's a person in china processing this i mean like this is like there've got to be some people that are like seeing through the the looking glass there, you know? I don't know. I feel like China's so propagandized. Actually, Maddie, you sent me a video like a couple weeks ago, I think, or maybe just a week ago, or it was like this Chinese guy who's speaking French and he was talking about like the the um yellow vest protesters mm-hmm. or 
you know, and he was talking oh, about yeah. what the government of France needs to do to shut it down. And that and that would never happen in China. And it was could because in his mind, like he couldn't even fathom why people would even there is try no there is no to have freedom. Yeah. yeah. It like you could just see his brain just wasn't e- even able to go there. So I, I feel like that's where most people who are born and raised in China are. Like they just don't yeah, even have a concept true. for like, it. Well, it's just the it's the idea, like, is <laughs> there some some spark of like the value of liberty left in Americans you like even if they can't articulate it like does it is it really just like something that has to be like how I put this is it something that has to be like already in you somewhere or like because I was just thinking there's got to be some people in China that see through the bullshit but mm-hmm. but maybe they, they just what but they're but we've seen that people can be exposed to like evidence that they're believing bullshit and just double down on their beliefs anyways. So mm-hmm. like it's that pre how much of it is that just like, are you ever going to get through? Like, it's just hard to imagine being like, seeing this is unreasonable. Like nobody's died. Like nobody died. Like, what are you talking about here? Think about all but, the people that have been vaccinated and they got sick with COVID Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, thank God I got vaccinated because it could have been worse. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. like the stories there's, there's literally, I wish I could remember what, where this article came from. There was literally a story about a woman who, I guess in her mother's um, uh, obituary, she mm-hmm. talked about how she was angry at the non-vaccinated because they killed her vaccinated mom who died of COVID. Yay. Yeah. I mean, there's like yeah. 13 layers of stupidity in just that statement. Like, I don't um, know how you can't, these people <laughs> are so unable to see. It's also like, thank God they um unblinded the control groups for the mRNA jabs, you know, because yeah. we'll, we'll really know the answer now that they let those people get the vaccine if they hadn't <laughs> if they were the placebo guys the placebos are gone like anybody who was in the placebo class they're gone it wasn't one of the studies they did they didn't give them they just gave them like a meningitis or yeah, they gave them another vaccine which a that's not vaccine. a that's not a placebo that's a different vaccine <laughs> it's it's no nope. so yeah it's just do you I mean, do you have to just run counter propaganda? Do you just have to scare people about something else because they just want to be scared? Like, uh, is that what we need to be doing? Just like, <laughs> well, I guess I mean, so because like, I think that's that's the thing is like, I, there was actually a Elon Musk came out recently and he was did some kind of press conference and he was just like, you know, what about like, there's no bad news today? What if we just have a good day? You know, like, what if we just talk about good things? Like, why don't we ever do that? I mean, you know, I, I just feel like the news is always, and if you just even watch MSNBC for like five minutes, I mean, you're like, you're getting all like anxious Sweating. because the, uh, just the people on the, I can't on the screen are so anxious. Any of that. No, I, I don't either. That. I mean, like, I mean, I can't is, watch Fox. Oof. I can't, I don't, I can't watch any of them. They're yeah. all screeching I, I scream at fox like if it's ever yeah. on it's screeching like screaming at fox too and there's just the tickers and the 15 things it's 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 visual epilepsy is part of the thing That's, you know what yeah. i mean it's just i mean the people themselves their eyes are huge you can see the whites of their eyes they're screaming at you they're like 
gesturing at you you're getting stressed just even if you had it on mute you would still be stressed because mm -hmm. they're so just flamboyantly upset and angry and they need they just need to get that across to you they want you to feel like they do mm -hmm. i mean that's part of like i will go in restaurants sometimes like and man like you can't hear anything of course right because the volume mm -hmm. is either too low or it's purposefully on mute but you either see the subtitles or you see these banners and it's just it's all trauma it's uh, and um uh scott's question like what do we do propagandize and scare people in our own way uh i guess but we just don't have the same kind of mechanisms that these mockingbirds and yeah. you know the elite power structure does but um i think there's plenty of things that are like worth being afraid of including like what the government does or sends their own people to go do overseas mm. or or even mm -hmm. historically like and so i i really think people were totally messed up in terms of education the public public education system like we can't comprehend or most people i should say can't comprehend how truly evil it was that president lincoln sent troops to go fight against his own citizens and slaughter them and do the things that they did and it's like yeah it's just it's, easily it's too easily justified he's seen as one of the greatest there's, presidents there's no in our history and well, he there's the country was literally fighting against itself during his presidency well the thing like <laughs> so i sometimes like so i wonder i always think about why okay what what's the first thing a status says when you say you're an anarchist it's my my roads right mm -hmm. like okay like why why is that like is that and i've happened to have been in like day one of a government class before they don't start with my roads they start with anarchy equals chaos i have the, mm -hmm. I, have the I have the slide you know i took a picture Damn. of the slide like this is what they're teaching the kids on day one is anarchy equals chaos you know it's this, mm -hmm. pic it's this ridiculous picture they use in like ninth grade maryland government curriculum that is like it's like one person's just setting someone's hut on fire for no reason. And then somebody else is just assaulting someone and somebody else is robbing another person. And if there was no government here, It'd be Lord of the what, flies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That's what they, but like, it, I, I, what it got me thinking is like, is this just like, okay, this first day of ninth grade has this unbelievably powerful, like formative effect. Like how do they absorb that? Why does every statist have the same response? it's like is it the is it the indoctrination like because kids aren't paying attention to high school they're not they're not learning mm -hmm. anything but somehow they absorb that like i coach high school lacrosse mm -hmm. you know what i mean like they're not absorbing much but somehow like certain things just like punch through and then they get absorbed by everyone and it's mm -hmm. really weird like that and so i was thinking like well what what could i say if what could i say on day one if, if, if there's something special about day one of ninth grade what could i say hmm. you know what i mean Good like is, is there some like secret thing that like on day one of ninth grade everything that gets said to you will be remembered like or like but yeah um day one don't join the military this government's <laughs> gonna send you well overseas. that's that Just that's a people? tough one for me that that's that's one i um there's a um a lot of guys are much more forward about it. Like my, my students will ask me and I, 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 or like, or, um, kids I coach, mm -hmm. they'll ask me cause they, they, they know they, they hear somebody tells them the rumor gets passed down. Somehow they figured out that I was Marine and I was in Iraq and whatever. 
And, um, and so they asked me, like, I had a kid at, well, one made it really easy. There was one kid that made it really easy. He came up and he's like, is the, is the military, is, uh, it was right after, like, maybe something, something ridiculous in the news happened with, like, you know, let's say cha- transgender soldiers or something oh, like yeah, that. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. And he's like, mm-hmm. is the military as woke as, as, as I'm hearing? And I'm like, that and worse, dude, don't join. You know, that one made it real easy. But yeah. some of the other kids are like, I don't know what I'm going to do after high school. And like, I want to go to college. Like, you know, this back and forth. Of like, And I'm like, I, I try, I struggle with just being like out and out, don't do it. Like in part because I, I'm afraid they'll just blow it off entirely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, okay, what's his deal? Like, and I don't want to like, you know, the, 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 the terrible truth of it is, you know, you're selling your soul hundred percent. You're, yeah. you're, you're selling yourself. Like the terrible truth of it is that like for three years of in, three, three years of indentured servitude, you get a lifetime of special benefits that nowhere else exists. You get four years of free college and a lifetime of special benefits for three years of indentured servitude. So if you want to sell your body, if you want to prostitute mm-hmm. yourself out to the government for three years, then it's a really great deal. Honestly, maybe, if you're maybe you should like, say exactly that, you know, like, but <laughs> unless, unless you really, really want to be like more or less a slave to the state for three years, then like, I, what I'll say to them usually is something like, well, like what makes you want to do that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to serve my community. Well, the end your community is not, is, is right here. Yeah. yeah I mean, be a right fireman. Here. Like, you know? yeah, be a firefighter. Like, you know, mm-hmm. go yeah. to church and, an, and, and ENT, run a soup ENT. kitchen on Sundays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a million ways to serve your community. You know? Yeah. Um, well, I want to get paid to do it. That's the problem. <laughs> like, okay, well, that's a little more challenging, but you know, um, yeah, I try to I try to suss that out, but it, it is hard. I I the counter recruitment thing is one I want to learn and get better at because I need to figure out how to like say the right thing to make them. You know, because I it, well, the one kid that came to me and was like is it as, as woke as I've, he- I've heard like is it, is it that bad I'm like it's getting worse every day man and, and that's the truth it is yeah. you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. there's a saying like it, it's in the old core everyone always used to, like when I was in it was it was bad and before it was better and before that it was even better and it's always getting worse you know um and that I was like dude you have no idea and it's getting dumber by the day you know what I mean progressive um, um so that was that was really easy, but like, there's not that many kids that are just going to give you the layup. Like, yeah. oh, I heard that this, and is that true? Okay, then I'm not joining. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think yeah, um, it's go ahead. I was going to say, I think what you already kind of said, like, what your approach is and what a good one is, and you want to tailor it to the person and yeah. the student, right? And so, I think your question to them, like, well, you know, what what about it, you know, makes you interested, or what about it makes you think mm-hmm. that it might be a good fit for you and then you know that way you kind of have a little bit of time on your side and then it's more of a conversation and they might actually like listen to your response yeah with them what i've tried to do too this is um i'm sorry i'm just gonna plug all over but there's a dude go for it um, (laughs) well another kid he's just okay so this other kid he's been coming to me since he was in ninth grade or he's a senior now and he's been asking me about becoming a pilot. And uh, since he was, how do I become a pilot? I'm like, there's a million ways to become a pilot. Go like, go get good grades, study engineering, uh, go to mm-hmm. Embry-Riddle. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a million ways to become a pilot. Well, that sounds hard, basically. Like he's so lazy and so mm. 
he's just so lazy that like yeah. the easy button, the easy path mm-hmm. to become a pilot to him. And, and I'm like, it's not easy to become an Air Force. It's probably the easiest way to become a pilot. You know what I mean? Is through the Air Force. But it's like, it's still not easy. Like, yeah, he's right. like, well, what if I just, what if I just enlist in the Air Force? I'm like, you're, I was like, do you want to scrub toilets on an airplane or fly an airplane? Because enlisting in the Air Force is scrubbing toilets. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you're going to get. You're going to scrub toilets for three years. Then maybe if you decide to stop doing that and go to college, then you could be a pilot 10 years after that. Like, it's not the path. And he still keeps coming back to me. I, I talked to an Air Force recruiter. I'm like, mm-hmm. why? Why? Well, are you they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. yeah he's I'm so, he just, he, he's got, he's got that groove worn in somewhere early on. He got this idea. I'm going to join the Air Force after high school. And I can't seem to like lift him out of it. Um, he hasn't done it yet, but like every time I like, Every time it comes up, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, enjoy scrubbing toilets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there it's, it's, so I told him, and this is, he's just so lazy. I, um, I was like, there's a podcast called Suck Embrace or How I Embrace the Suck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, well, it's mostly anti war veterans, um, but not exclusive, but it's also some like hawkish people. It's, it's mm-hmm. anyone. Just like the guy's really good at like interviewing and asking about like, what was your story in the military? He was never in, um, but he really, he speaks the language really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, but like 90% of the people are like, don't join. So even mm-hmm. some people that were like super gung ho were like, unless you really want to be like, G- unless you're sure that, unless you've like trained your body up and you're going to be GI Joe and you want to join the special forces like I did don't join you don't want to be in the regular army you know what i mean like mm-hmm. even some of the super gung-ho people are like that so it's like i was like just start listening to this and he's like you're giving me homework and I'm like, mm. you can't listen to an hour of somebody talking about something that's the most interesting thing in the world to you like yeah like i don't know i can't help you man you're well, you're exactly. just you're you gonna you're gonna people. you're gonna go down your own path i think here but like some toilets have you noticed yeah. that the generation, the younger generations just don't seem to want to, they don't seem interested in educating themselves or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I, I they're, they're public school kids and they're teenagers and my interaction with them is around a ball field, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To a large extent and we're doing other things, but like, yeah, there's a, I mean, some of them don't, they don't really, they, they're, I, their world's so, teenagers worlds are so small. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, yeah. and 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 a lot of it is a little great black rectangle in front of their face that's just you know mostly you know it, it's it's astounding if i walk around like the hallways but just kids staring at instagram or tiktok and it's all i i unfortunately like wasted an hour of my day once i open i created an instagram when i created my silly my my podcast that i'm someday will re, be revived i'm sure we can come back around to yes um but um i created an instagram account for that and one day i opened it to search for something i was just talking to my friend about this uh sorry if you hear my dog um she's been like nuzzling and rubbing her and shaking her head i'm she's Um, perfect (laughs) um the so where so i open instagram and i go to search for something and and i'm not I'm sure some people are very much more intimately familiar, but when you go to the search page, instead of a search, like clearly, Oh, I'm in the search page. Mm-hmm. You just get like blasted with like video imagery discover, you uh-huh. know, and it's a bunch of random crap. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then 
And then I sort of just started <laughs> scrolling through it. My like, it's designed to make that make you do that. I think like I just started scrolling, and then like, and this is terrible, but like, I I'm, I'm, it senses what you paused on. So you pause on like you know, stupid girl in a bikini or something like that, and I'm like. And now I train the damn thing. And every time I open, I'm just getting like wall to wall of one thing. And mm -hmm. I see, I see these teenage boys, girls too, but like, that's all they're getting. Like, I see them just mindlessly like drooling and staring at their phone. <laughs> and they're just scrolling through like, to call it, and the girls, they're doing TikTok dances in the hallways at the same time. And they're all trying to learn these dances. And it's all just them moving their hands mostly like it's because because of the constraints of the camera yeah. so it's mostly yeah. them like just moving their hands around and trying to look cute and and i'm like what are you doing like you've been sitting here for five minutes kid like what are you doing get dressed or whatever you know what i mean mm. and, and like uh, uh any second uh and they're just seeing like a non-stop scroll of like of semi-clothed teenage girls like <laughs> dancing and they're just addicted to it yeah yeah so like to be in, what, what else could be more interesting in the world honestly i don't know what i would have done when i was 17 and had access to that as opposed to like having to go to like a like the only time i saw a girl in a bikini was summertime um <laughs> my got a cool in catalog in the springtime <laughs> and yeah you know what i mean or or yeah that was about it you know, and now it's like an endless stream of that just coming to your bathroom. At, you know, it's like I I can't. I it's hard to blame you, but God, how do we? How do I? How do you break this? You know. Well, I feel like yeah, I hate TikTok. Um, mm -hmm. I like I notice when I look at TikTok, I keep getting like these videos of of girls who are complaining about like their abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. So I just get that like constantly, Jeez. like in my I don't know why. And maybe mm -hmm. I must, I must have picked like one video just and now that's one, all it you shows. You just pause briefly on one thing and then they just like cram that down your throat. I know, and, so, then, and then half the time you're like, how do I get rid of this? You know what I mean? How, I do, I, how do I retrain this thing to it's not like, feed it's me It's trying to tell me like, you need to hate men. They're all yeah. abusers and you need to be scared. Like that's yeah. what I, that's all I got from it. And I was like, I don't want to look at this anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's just, it's just so strange. So when it comes to like kids being curious about the world, it's like, it's the rare exception. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they really don't, they, they understand, they'll, they'll know things that are going on. Like when like the thing in Ukraine started, mm -hmm. like they, like there'll be a, a handful of kids like, is there going to be World War Three? Like I'm hearing there's going to be a World War Three. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I don't know if you remember or like, Definitely, like my, I was actively seeking it out because I did want to know, like, what exactly try to figure out what was going on. But like, you know, the Ghost of Kiev video and these obviously fake videos that were mm -hmm. going around everywhere, um, and like they're very like they couldn't. I mean, they couldn't <laughs> tell the difference between what's real and what's fake. I mean, a kid brought a video. He's like, "Is this real?" And there's a bunch of rockets firing off. I'm like, Dude, "That's like clearly like a training exercise." Yeah, it's like some real military exercise with some kind of Russian equipment, but that they, they wouldn't be like that if they weren't like training, because they're they're not hiding. They're just yeah. like standing out in the open. This is not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, they can't tell real from fake. They and there's so much and yeah, it's I don't even know where to start with them. You know? Um, yeah, it's overwhelming. That's what yeah. that's the thing that scares me. 
Yeah. Like they're not quite like, I think the reason why they're maybe not curious about stuff is because if they're scrolling through all these things, their brain doesn't even have enough time to even ask questions. It's just more information that keeps coming in all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a constant feed. It like, and I mean, God knows I, I have my periods of time where I get lost in Twitter and I'm, I mean, most of the, oh, yeah. for me though, most of the time it's like, I, when, if I do get lost in Twitter, it's cause I'm in a fight. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like if there's yeah. nothing, if I haven't gotten a notification <laughs> about somebody like responding to me about something, then I'm just like, ah, boring. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And technically Twitter is like, you're more actively engaged because you technically have to read. And te- yeah. and sometimes there's like threads and you have to follow those. And then yeah. I, get, I get lost in comments and replies. And I'm just <laughs> like, what have I found? And, you know, mm-hmm. that's where I find a lot of really interesting stuff, actually. Um, but like I go seek it out, which is something you don't yeah. get in like just a casual scroll. Well, and I, I have this pet theory. Like, I mean, I definitely think we're becoming like a let's call it just because post is a popular a post literacy is literate society mm-hmm. like everything kids i mean i'm ashamed to admit how little i read you know what i mean i finished like a book or two last year you know what i mean like <laughs> like i used to read a lot and there was somebody else i was listening to it was just like i used to read all the time and i, I gotta admit like i barely read anything in the last year you know like i feel I, I i all my like all my waking time i'm consuming podcasts like I, I listen, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a lunatic. I listen at three speed with like the dead space cut out. I've gone into the weeds and like cut out the intros. Like, oh, minus that, like, <clears throat> you know, so-and-so talks for three minutes before, mm-hmm. from before he starts actually into the podcast. I've cut that time off, like just to, just to maximize, like, I probably listen to a good 90 to a hundred hours of podcasts a week easily. Wow. But like, it's, yeah, I'm a, um, but like more hours than there are in a week because because like I can Condense speed time, it up. Yeah. But yeah. Like and I, I tell myself that sort of makes up for reading, but it doesn't. <laughs> like no. there's something about sitting down and focusing and being like, I'm just reading this right now. And letting your I, brain be there. And, and like Twitter doesn't feel that either. like, yeah, you're reading, but like kids kids have never done that. Kids never in their lives have sat very few kids have sat for um probably more than 30 seconds and try to read a paragraph mm-hmm. honestly in school or whatever they to to read a multi-page thing uninterrupted mm-hmm. unimaginable unimaginable to them to like so and and i really think like it's little stuff i mean part of it's just incentives like it's easier and makes more sense to have a bathroom sign that just has something that looks like a well now let's not get into that but like <laughs> it has a male and a female on it rather than have mm-hmm. boys and girls like well whatever country you're from back whatever we just back to only. images i feel like we're we're not that far from going back to hier- hieroglyphics like youtube videos on it my daddy my dad's a, a boomer's boomer and even he like gave up trying to find a book about how to sight in his new rifle and started hunting around youtube for videos on it and he is not like youtube friendly like i try I'll, every now and then i'll show him something hey check this out i think you'll like this video or whatever and he's just like mm, like can we get can can we go back to cable news like i'm not comfortable with this like mm-hmm. choosing what i'm watching like where is i, I want my seven o'clock you know yeah. local news to come on like what are we doing here and but even he like broke down and was like i was looking on youtube for how to cite in this rifle the other day and i'm like God help us on some level. <laughs> but, yeah. I know. But like, 
it, it it's we're almost it's it, well, my wife gives me a lot of crap too because i have a whole shelf full of books i have not read oh same. and and um the thing is i uh this is my own like it's a little bit i want when there's uh, if you hear cats fighting behind me that's happening <laughs> um, uh the um the thing about like i just think that like I'm afraid that at some point everything that's digital might not exist. Or like, let's talk. I I, I went to. I was a history undergrad. I'm really. Mm -hmm. I love history, and I imagine that it'll be very, very, very hard. Let's say ten. Let's say nothing terrible befalls humanity, but some archaeologist digs up my thumb drive that has encrypted files on it that they have to decode. That's going to be more of a challenge to figure out what did this used to be. Let's say it gets corrupted by time or whatever. Somehow mm -hmm. I, I delude myself into believing that like a book, like book, you know, if I, if I want to be buried with my books, if I could, I want them cased in concrete and just to survive, even if I never read them, just, just so that maybe if some archeologist 10,000 years from now happens upon them, they can, you know, try to figure out what the hell there was. But like, yeah. I feel like <laughs> we're losing something when we move to like hieroglyphics and you know, video only communication. I mean, it's what we all do. The audio, audio, it's awesome. Podcasts are awesome. But okay. like, how much of this is going to last a hundred? Like, where's the archive that you'll be able to find this on in a hundred years? You know, like we got to get this on like <laughs> copper wire or something yeah. like that. Yeah, hopefully, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I started making a digital only podcast about <laughs> being anti-war. <laughs> and that's why we're here. <laughs> um now i'm definitely a, i like to speaking of just libraries and spreading books and as a way to um or you know maintain the like a print copy of things like mm -hmm. i that's what i've been doing like especially yeah. honestly like my covid library even if i haven't read all the covid books i have all mm -hmm. the covid books because yeah. mm -hmm. i am convinced they will not all last and or be able to find them to burn them exactly <laughs> come and come and get them <laughs> Um, they could delete them off your Kindle from remotely, but they yeah. got to find them to burn them. Exactly. Like I've, I've lost things that are non-controversial on my Kindle that mm -hmm. I have no idea where they are. Like I lost mm -hmm. books one to four of the Game of Thrones series. Like, where are they? I have no idea. Lost, lost <laughs> to the universe. And so whatever, but I will never lose these books that I have in hard copy. And yeah. so I also take li exactly. little books or pamphlets that um, I can get for super cheap from the Mises Institute and mm -hmm. like you know the law or um, anatomy of the state i get those little ones especially because they're cheap they're small and i'll go put them in the uh free little library free libraries and communities yeah so what we were doing and uh we well i don't know there's a i haven't talked to the guy in a little while we were we got a bunch of copies from scott horton of enough already mm -hmm. um and me and a couple of um vets that still had like access to one guy did awesome with it um i don't know how many he got rid of but we got a bunch of copies of enough already and we did the best we could to get them into like any bookshelf on any military base we could just mm -hmm. slip it onto the bookshelf um leave it in like on That's the awesome. on the coffee table like anywhere we could um or just give it to a person who like maybe would be receptive like hey check this book out i, I just finished it or whatever and then yeah. hand it off to them um i only got i only did a got a handful of places where i thought like ah this is a spot where it'll you know but um, one guy really rocked it. He was actually, he was working as a contractor in Afghanistan. And he must, yeah, I think he gave a copy to at least 20 people. We sent 
Amazing. So like Scott Horton gave them to us real cheap. And then like we did a thing. It was the cheapest deal for a while. I doubt it still is. But if you still want enough already, it was like oplibertas.com. You bought one from there for like 10 bucks. And then we got another copy to give away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's still going on, but we were doing that for a while, about a year and a half, two years ago, was just giving away copies of, uh, of, uh, of Scott Horton's book, which was, mm-hmm. that was a cool little project. Yeah. And um, I love the little underground nature to it. Um, yeah. Cause I do think in some ways we have to operate that way because mm-hmm. that's, that's where people are paying attention, like who are mm-hmm. open and willing and receptive to that message. They are yeah. already in some ways operating in the underground, whether they realize it or not. And so they're really looking like they're awake and they're just looking for somebody to kind of like send something their way, send a sign their way. Yeah. Like your copies of the law. So nobody's just picking that up by chance. They're curious enough. They're Mm -hmm. not, you know, I'm I'm afraid sometimes when you see these free libraries that somebody's going through, just like, ah, what is this? Get get this libertarian crap out of here and throwing it away. But I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) Because I think like even, you know, but then also like, I don't know, I think even like the most diehard socialists like one isn't there because they're you know being outrageous somewhere else but Mm. um but i you know we've seen all the videos during election years and seasons of people like going onto other people's property and removing or trying to remove their signs yeah um you know and funnily enough i don't (laughs) like if you're violating somebody's private property and you get electric shocked because you've tampered (laughs) with their sign I'm sorry. That's hilarious. You shouldn't be messing with other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm sure like, I I totally have the same idea. I'm like, I don't want to like waste putting this in there and some idiot just like trash it, but Mm -hmm. I'd love to um, have it be put in there and, you know, just get passed around. And um, you know, it would be a cool, similar version. What? Uh, I was like, what if you could get copies of um, what are the the Tuttle Twins books and like slip them into like preschool libraries? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would along be great. With, along with other, the get other them early woke yeah books that are there like yeah. poisoning, poisoning right. people's mm. minds at such a young age. If you have a kid in preschool or whatever, just bring one with you and just leave it. Oh, I just just throw it in the <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Get the next guy. Maybe they'll be halfway through it before they realize like what's going on. Yeah, I think uh, I think Connor Boyack um, made waves recently, or like people were demonizing his stuff, and you know, of course, just calling it right wing and whatnot. And mm. um, but I think like that somebody did discover like, oh my god, like these exist. Like we need to protect our kids from <laughs> from common sense and you know, good ideas and you know, the foundations of liberty and freedom and things that you know used to be pretty commonplace and or just like naturally instilled yeah um yeah so uh scott i guess like we haven't gotten we're pretty far along in our uh, time together but i guess before we wrap up i I still want to hear how'd you get into the marines like how'd you get into the what's your story like we don't even know okay yeah 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 so (laughs) i'm sorry well it's kind of boring i mean i don't well it's so i mean really on, on the most basic level, I was a very strange, semi-autistic kid who loved eating crayons and and just. Uh, <laughs> what was your favorite crayon? And uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, so I just uh, it, I was a I was a match made in heaven for the Marine Corps. But um, you know, the truth of it is, and I've been trying to examine this a little bit. Like my so my father 
well, so my father was, when I was a kid, was a fraud investigator for the Department of Defense. So he was busy. Um, but like what that entailed, he was also, he was very, typically he was investigating frauds in like secret programs. Mm. So like, um, and his previous career to that, um, let's just say I'm 90. When I asked him directly if he was serving as a spy, his answer was a cryptic story about being interrogated by the KGB. Hmm. So like he, he, um, he, it's, he, so my, but all that's to say, and I could, it's, it's a funny story, but um, all that's to say mm. growing up, my father just raised us. We were very much raised with this idea that like, you have to, you have to serve mm-hmm. like, and, and service meant working for the government. And it's still mm. like something I have a really hard, like, like, I, I definitely have it in my head very clearly that like a private sector job is serving people and in, in a much better way. But like it, when I use the word service, I think of working for the government, um, mm-hmm. like almost instinctively. It's just ingrained in me from childhood that like I had to give this country. I was just raised with this. This country gave you a lot and you have to give back. That's what I just was raised with. So it was like, and I grew up in Annapolis, which is like what Naval Academy town. Yeah. Just, just, propaganda and i was i was just um smitten with uh then we would uh, adopt a midshipman every year or for four years while they were in college like we would adopt them we were there like home away from home because they can't go home for a lot of holidays Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i was obsessed with like you know the way other kids memorize dinosaurs i remember i memorized like thrust to weight ratios and armaments of aircraft (laughs) I had these little books that they give midshipmen at the Naval Academy and I would memorize the stuff because when a freshman at the, at the Naval Academy had to memorize all these things, mm. they had to be able to like spout it off on their ass. And I was just like, I want to be like that. I just was made like, and my brain worked that way where I could just memorize like, you know, how fast can this aircraft fly kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. What's the maximum altitude? And I would just memorize it. And I wanted nothing more than to be a pilot. And Top Gun propaganda movie got me real good too. I, I mm-hmm. memorized all, I knew all the songs. Um, the song's a game changer uh, it still gets me i i I hate to admit i'm probably gonna go see i the new top gun movie in the theater probably just by myself and feel bad about it but also just do it like (laughs) just enjoy what you can pure propaganda film but like it's so much nostalgia for me yeah like that one or two ads i've seen i'm like they're hitting some kind of heartstring so that was like my upbringing so like naturally when I got to like um, high school age, like there was like, the only other thing in my mind that I ever really thought about doing was being a vet because I f- love animals mm-hmm. like a lot. And like, I kind of blame my ninth grade biology teacher for like, for more or less telling me you're never going to be a, mm-hmm. a vet unless you could pass my class and you got to see last quarter. Like, cause I, I just thought being a bio like biology class would be memorizing all the animals and I can memorize shit like nobody's business. So like, I know all the animals kingdom phylum, whatever. I got that. No problem. Like doing the science crap though, like hypothesis, whatever. Like we all know the answer. The answer is going to be this. We like, I was just, we've done, I can, I know there. the answer to the lab. Like, like <laughs> let's get there. Like the scientific process is bullshit right now. Cause I know, you know, the answer and you know, I know the answer. This is going to be the answer. Like, what mm. are we, what are we, who are we fooling here? You know what I mean? What did you see when you looked at the thing from the cell? What did you learn from the, what, what's your hypothesis about what will happen when you add water to the, the whatever crap in ninth grade? And I was like, this is crap. I was like, and she more or less was like annoyed by me. So she 
and that like shot any any like oh i'm gonna go to the science route in the face mm -hmm. um so it was uh it was enlisted in the marine corps for me uh like more or less from jump street but the, if there was any other option out there it was that in my mind and uh <laughs> So I um, enlisted more or less right out of high school. Um, my dad actually, actually, it was my last year of high school. So this is 2001. I had already, as soon as I turned 17 in um, 2000, yeah, it must have been 2000. Um, like, um, no, it was March of 2001 when I turned 17. And uh, I signed wow. papers with the Marine Corps. Um, and I signed up to go active duty. My dad actually, weirdly enough, talked me out of that sort of. He was like, look, I want to, I want you to apply to college. I think you can get into ROTC. I think you'd be an officer, da, 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 da. And, um, and he was like, I'm going to pay. He was like, I'll pay for your first two years of college. If you, if you get accepted, you'll go and you'll join the reserves instead. You could change your contract with the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. So he had me join the reserves instead. Oddly enough, my job in the what I signed up for in active duty was more or less babysitting nukes. It was like security guard for nukes. Um, <laughs> is what my active duty contract would have been, and it's almost certain that I wouldn't have gone to Iraq or Afghanistan. But I joined um, <clears throat> when I switched to the reserves. I joined. I signed up to be what's called civil affairs, which is a kind of the best job in the Marine Corps and a good job for me. And it really did a lot of forming who I am. But um, I signed up kind of. Not really, so I didn't seem like, okay, this is the reserve contract. I want to do this, da, 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 da. So I signed these papers to be a reservist and I got accepted to, well, I got accepted to college and then I, I signed papers to be a reservist. And then as soon as I joined my reserve unit, you're going to Iraq. Like I probably would have got, I got to Iraq faster joining the reserves than, wow, so. that's ironic. Yeah. So um, my reserve unit went was in Iraq when I joined, uh, when I showed up there, when I checked in in, Right out of boot camp, this would have been 2003. I I checked. I finished boot camp in May of 2003. Checked into my unit, um, and they were in Iraq, and they were like, "We're going back in a year, so you have one year. Enjoy college." You know what I mean? And then I got back from one year in Iraq, and they were like, "We're going back in a year. You have one year. Enjoy college." You know, so it was a, a year of school, a year in Iraq, a year of school, a year in Iraq, a year of school, a year in Afghanistan um was my college experience and what that led to was like aside from my time overseas was like me more or less being like i'm gonna party my face off all the money i saved in a year overseas mm -hmm. um i'm spending on my friends beer tabs and um and i'm gonna die next deployment anyway so who cares i kind of had i was going through some shit too i guess my parents Jeez. were divorced and all that now or getting divorced and i like I more or less had a death wish. I kind of wanted, like, it was kind of like a martyr complex. I wanted to be Elias. I wanted to be the hero in the movie that gets killed. You know what I mean? It's an easy out. Just get knocked off or, you know, you end up a good guy forever. Whatever crap, like, got into my head from all the different war movies I watched, like, was like, well, you know, you die a hero. You know what I mean? Just die, keep going, keep going, keep going. And it was only, like, around the fourth deployment when I kind of started, I had my first, like, kind of, I also wouldn't seriously date anyone in that time because I knew that relationships would distract you. And from what and I was into, gone. and yeah, you know, and that's awful. So I wouldn't see, I didn't see until like my fourth deployment, I, I was in a somewhat more serious relationship. And like, I, I started to actually worry about like, maybe I don't want to die. You know what I mean? 
Maybe I have something to live for. <laughs> yeah, or more like that, actually. Maybe there's something worth living for. Um, and so, like, it, so that was a, that's a shortish version of my time in the Marine Corps. Um, I finished out my time um, as an instructor. I got a job as a teacher at Quantico teaching my job in the Marine Corps. And then, um, and then I went to grad school and that was that. <laughs> um, and then I came back to Maryland and joined the Air Guard. That's where I am now. And just, um, when did you so yeah, that, wake God. up? When did you wake up? Um, so I can remember very clearly, like, okay. So the weird thing, like we were, <laughs> I was raised conservatarian. My dad yeah. bought me a copy of Tom Woods, um, his, uh, Politically Incorrect Guide to History, mm -hmm. probably mm -hmm. around, sometime around my junior or senior year of college, this would have been like 2006, seven. it was right, it was when it came out and it was a bestseller and he just picked it off the bestseller list. But um, it probably sat on the shelf for a while, but I would use it or like more as a reference, like, oh, let me see what this says about, because yeah. I didn't mind being the contrarian in history class or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, let me see what this says about this issue, but I didn't read it like nose to tail and really absorb like, oh, this is a different worldview. It's more like, how can I say the opposite of what the professor is saying and, and have a leg to stand on? Um, that got me introduced to Tom Woods. And then when he started his podcast was around the time that I was in Quantico. This would have been like 2012, 13, 14, around there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, well, and a little bit before that, I just got, I got into podcasts uh, at least, well, yeah, for like drive time because I was commuting in Quantico. Mm -hmm. And it's like a, it's a 10 mile drive that takes 45 minutes minimum. Yeah. That's um, <laughs> and, and so I started listening before that I was listening to like, he had a lecture series that was like his politically, it was when he was guest, he was doing guest shows on Peter Schiff's show. And I'd only mm -hmm. listen when he was on it. And he had a lecture series of like 10 lectures on the politically incorrect guy or from, from the politically incorrect guy. And so it was before he started his podcast, but there was one day when he did something on a net, uh, there were two things. He read a, um, he read, he did a speech about, <laughs> there was a speech he published somehow and it was, or maybe it was through Mises. It might've been through Mises, like audio or whatever. Um, it was a speech by Tom Woods about how war is big government's best friend. And um, he took, he, there was a quote in there from, um, from Erasmus about how like everything good peace shines on on you know peace peace shines on humanity like the vernal sun but all at once and of a sudden war you know brings a torment of outrages upon humanity or whatever it was um i hate myself for not being able to quote it better right now but um it just it. It, it that was like that and then shortly after like a mises uh of anatomy of the state those two things just like bam, bam, like one, two on drive time to Quantico. I was like, I've got to get off active duty. I've got to find another career. I've got to go to college. I've got to go back to grad school because my undergrad isn't getting me a job I want. You know what I mean? And uh, and then, yeah, that was that was it. It was like a one, two. It was Tom Woods um, speech. Like it was called War, Big Government's Best Friend and Anatomy of the State or like the black pills that just there was just no coming back from it. Um, and yeah, that was, that was, those are the big ones that like, there were, there was obviously some stuff along the way while I was in Iraq the second time I started kind of questioning, like I started, well, I was thinking my job was to try to be the interface between the civilians and the military, try to be the one that like 
try to get the military to not do things that would piss off the civilians, but also try to win over mm-hmm. the civilians. Um, and so, like, my dad would be to take note of, like, things like it, when, we, when we just, like, kick in someone's door in the middle of the night and say, we're sleeping here, you all can sleep in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Um, and also, like, knock out all your windows, fill them in with sandbags, trapes around your house, like, that kind of stuff. Like, we're sleeping here today. Like, this is our house now. Enjoy. You know what I mean? You have five minutes to grab what you need to make it through the night. Don't leave the bathroom or, you'll, or somebody will hurt you. Um, that we might be the redcoats. There were some moments there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where like, I think, I think Who's maybe. Who's the occupying force for sure. Well, yeah, it was, um, it was kind of like, well, I was a big constitutionalist. I was a big constitutional conservative. I was like, I think I understand the quartering act now. I understand what was so terrible about having redcoats sleep in your house. It wasn't just like a minor inconvenience. Like, oh, you have to just let out a room to a redcoat. It's like, like what you think of. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's 13 Marines sleeping in your house for the night tearing it apart and leaving all their garbage for you to clean up when they're done. And then being like, well, we pay and my job would be to like pay them, um, pay them basically, well, we weren't allowed to pay rent, but basically we'd pay for the damages we did. And I would usually try to give them some extra money, but like, Oh, here, here's the damage for your house. Like, sorry, we knocked out all your windows, punched holes in your ceiling and whatever else we did. But you know, that's, that's, that's life, you know? (laughs) um better like next time you know and um and there were some other connections i made like we typically would choose like the tallest or biggest or best house which was because it would have you know better lines of sight and all Mm -hmm. that and thicker walls and i was like i was reading something about history and about how like the british the first thing they took was hancock pier like there's a reason john hancock so he's it was a big screw you he was a big smuggler you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and and they were obviously they like part of it was that they were like a lot of the founding fathers were smugglers and (laughs) and uh and yeah he was a they took his pier it was the biggest wharf in boston it's the long wharf now but it was like we just when you when you're the occupying force you just kind of take what's the most suitable for you and you don't recognize that you're also pissing off the richest most powerful people there he was the richest he was one of the richest people in boston and like I would be trying to tell Marines, like, do we don't, do we need to take this house? Is this the house we're going to stay in tonight? And they're like, yeah, it's the best house. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, but, but you know who you're going to piss off by doing that. You know what I mean? You're going to mm-hmm. piss off the richest person. This is not going to end well for you. You know, I, I mean, I could tell you, but you know, it, you gotta, you gotta picture long-term, like, is it worth t- having the nicest house to sleep in a night or, or pissing off the most important person in this town? You know, which one do you want to do? It's up to you. But like my advice, we maybe think differently about this. And I would lose most more often than not in that. But that was one of the first like kind of like not not down the libertarian path exactly. But like I, for a long time, I thought, well, all I need to do is teach other Marines the Constitution. <laughs> I, I had this whole idea <laughs> where I, I well, I was like, one of the crazy things is you join the military, you swear to uphold and defend the Constitution. Nobody understands it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I was like. I viewed the Bill of Rights, especially as an insurgents list, no, no list. They're red lines. It was like these are the things that if you do them, will send us from from uh, being annoyed with you to shooting at you. If you stomp on our right to free speech, if you mess with our religion, if you um, take away, our, try to take away our weapons, if you start sleeping in our house, these are the list of things that made us last time start shooting at redcoats. Yeah. And if this new government starts doing this list of things in particular, 
we will start, people will start shooting at you again. And so I would try to articulate to Marines that like, these are the things we need to respect the Bill of Rights, not just because like, oh, we're American and constitution, but like those insurgents are shooting at you because you're doing these things to them. They're not doing it because they're bad people or whatever, you know, where are the red coats here? You've got an, and it never really got through, but I'm, I guess I still fantasize that if I had made that my lesson then, or if, if, if that had gotten through that things have, could have gone differently, let's say, but um, kind of gave up on that. And, and then, like I said, Tom Woods clicked for me and turned me into a lunatic and cap on Twitter now. <laughs> well, otherwise I wouldn't have found you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> happy that, you know, all of our stories uh, got us there and we've connected in this way. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Especially because it's nice to have a fellow sane person in the state of Maryland. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, few and far between. But, you know, something I was thinking about as you kind of like went through that and is just such a theme that really harms everybody, but it's the lack of understanding consequences, lack of actually experiencing consequences. And I think like those two things are really, really detrimental in terms of like military action and and kids not understanding it and grown adults not understanding and people like like you said active duty like doing it themselves like they don't understand like there's no forethought there's no thinking like what blowback is like blowback was uh, something that i didn't know was possible like i didn't mm-hmm. even and i'm younger than both of you and so you know i the everybody always talks about like the um ron paul and giuliani moment like I was way too young for that. Um, and even if I had heard of it happening or seen it happening on TV, like it wouldn't have made sense to me until a little bit later. And and the time to like actually hear more about like what Dr. Paul had to say about blowback and others like him, like Scott Horton and others, mm-hmm. like it took me a, a while to kind of really like understand exactly <clears throat> how justified a lot of this blowback is Mm -hmm. and so like it's not just like a out of context thing that happens to us or our country or an event even overseas like there's always a history to it and that's what people you know don't know about whether it's actual like history history or even like modern up to recent history well it's so foreign to i mean we just never had any i since since the last you know um founding father like patriots died We've had, we have no idea what it was like to live under an occupying army. We have no idea what it was like to have a war in our country. I mean, the civil war, like it's the South, I guess. Okay. That's stupid. The South knows, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> they remember. Like what mm-hmm. it, but like, but most Americans have just no concept of what war is really like. And you can't blame them for it. Yeah. Um, which kind of, I guess, you know, if, I, 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 it's getting late um, for me as I think you guys too. Um, like my little idea was to try to i guess teach empathy a little bit and like have people share their little stories of like stuff that kind of brought Mm -hmm. them around and made them think differently about war um like i thought it was kind of a hole in the uh like kind of a a a, not a hole in the uh just well i guess a, a niche a niche i could develop a little bit um and also something i think that people really need they need to understand like it got help us people everyone so many people just have to learn things the hard way and i don't know that you'll ever change that but like there's a lot of people 
that don't necessarily have to learn the hard way or maybe they'll learn a little bit faster if they've heard it not not preaching but just hey i went through that like before so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i started getting some people together i got um you can find like scott horton and a few other people i have a few other canned ones i need to well so my podcast it's called anti-war podcast and it was just um the idea or why i'm anti-war or um and the idea was just like ask somebody like how they, and it could be literally anything. I was just looking for one thing from any person, like <clears throat> one book you picked up, one sentence you read, one poem, one picture you saw. Um, really, it could be anything for anyone. Mostly because of my circle of people, it was veterans. But really, I mean, for like literally anyone, like what makes you think war is terrible? Like what's one thing that made you think, damn, that's way worse than I thought it was, you know? Um, and originally i wanted to make these kind of i still want to do this but i think i might just give up on the one aspect of paring it down to like a five minute blurb and just do the talk publish it no one seems to be upset by the long talks um Mm -hmm. that that was the big thing is editing was so much work trying to edit like five good minutes of Mm -hmm. like i still want to do that and maybe someday i'll do that in the future where i like take the long talks and cut them down to like a digestible piece um yeah as like a promo like, yeah like um yeah. but i think i i'm gonna get back into calling people and uh and doing just uh, you know talk for 45 minutes tell tell me ideally people would have like one thing in mind but really you know anything but it, for me it's a hundred things there's a hundred little things yeah. it's mm-hmm. the red coat moments it's the tom woods talk it's this it's that um mm-hmm. and it took me kind of bit by bit and some bigger jumps than little you know but uh i think everyone's got good reasons and even like even some hawkish people have good reasons why you should think twice, you know, like, mm-hmm. you don't just want to, but yeah, the idea was kind of teach a little empathy and get people like to hear like, you know, this is, and I also thought it would be me what, maybe one thing, like maybe I'll, Oh, I did that, that Guernica picture or whatever. Let me see that. Oh, wow. That, that speaks to me. Somebody yeah. else. It might be a Bob Dylan song. Oh, that spoke to me. So like sort of an mm-hmm. introduction to other things like, yeah, for this person, I listened to Masters of War and it kind of like clicked a switch for me a little bit, you know? Um, okay, cool. Maybe I'll play that song once and see what it see what it does for me. It does nothing for me. Okay, I'll move on. I don't like Bob Dylan that much. Moving along. But <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, the idea would be a bunch of recommendations for things to check out or just experience somebody had either way. But yeah. that's that's what my little pod's about. There's a few episodes you can find and, I, you know, probably this summer I'll... But you know, a few months and I'll be have a few more out there. I could publish one or two soon, actually. Um, and then I could maybe interview a few more people and add in. So if anybody wants to, just reach out to me and uh Yeah, that sounds really and cool. we could talk for a little bit. Yeah. And I'll let you do most of the talking unique. instead of the other way around. <laughs> it sounds like a very unique and um niche sort of place to fill. So I'm glad to hear that even though you've had some kind of like, you know, hiatus, which can totally appreciate because jesse and i don't edit this like if we did we wouldn't be here um yeah so but it's good to hear that uh you know you're maybe revitalizing it no it's it's definitely it, it's coming back it's just a matter okay. of when <laughs> and i it, what more or less i need to just do, just probably hit send on one and then and then the ball will keep rolling after that <laughs> all right we're, mm-hmm. we're here we're here to encourage and cheerlead <laughs> cool. <laughs> um so yeah like you just said um that's the why am I anti-war podcast? Yeah. At then, anti-war podcast for everything. Perfect. Easy. At anti-war podcast. Okay. We'll link that. Or, and um, 
Where else can uh, people find you if uh, the best place to reach you and connect? Uh, Twitter at Maryland Vet4. And uh, if you are in Maryland or if you're in another state and you're just interested in Defend the Guard, mm -hmm. uh, going all the way back to the beginning of this, yeah, Defend the Guard Maryland at Gmail is my like go, like my mailbox for yeah. Just, Perfect. Um, is uh, if you want to if you want anything about Defend the Guard, I can connect you to people in your state uh, to try to get it moving. So those yeah, are my right. big three. All right. Well, we will include right. that in our notes. Um, thanks again for joining us. It was nice to no, meet thank you. you. And um, you know, I can't wait to continue. Oh, our bump into each other in Maryland at some point. <laughs> yeah, let's do it on purpose sometime. Yeah. Um, thanks again, uh, everybody listening. You know where to find Jesse and I. We're most active on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we've got an email. Feel free to hit us up there. Voluntaryvixens at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we've got more things, more things coming, more people coming. And, you know, we look forward to the next time we see you all or hear you all, really. Um, mm -hmm. Or no, you hear us. <laughs> okay, it's time for bed for Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll catch you next time. But in the meantime, keep it sane, keep it peaceful and keep it voluntary. Bye.